My name is Richie Jackson. I am so excited to be here with you this morning as we are wrapping up our series, Seeking. And in this series, we have been uh, looking inward, we've been looking outward, and we've been looking at the practices that we do in the corporate setting here of, of doing church, and, and we've been hoping that we would gain a deep desire in our hearts to really seek our great God. And we want to do this by helping people to understand that there are certain intentional practices that you can do right, to begin that process. And if you've not done it before, all right, then like now, now's the time to start. So we, we did a six-week series. This is the last week, as I just mentioned, but we covered prayer and fasting, um, service, simplicity. Last week was confession. This week, we're going to cover worship. If you missed any of those weeks, you can go to the website. You can find those uh, uh, previous uh, messages, right? I'm excited about this message because I really think that to some degree, we have been missing out on what worship really is. Uh, maybe some of us have forgotten or, or maybe, unfortunately, maybe, maybe we've never been told that we're allowed to worship. Now, somebody in here right now is saying, well, yeah, we just, I mean, we just sang three songs and we, 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 we did that. We did that. And, and I just want to tell you that worship is so much more than just singing those songs. And this is important because our God is worthy of our worship. God is worthy. Now that's the big idea. You're gonna hear me say a lot of things like that this morning. Just stick with me because our God is worthy of our worship. Now let's just admit that culture is creeping into every aspect of our lives and definitions have been changing over the course of the last several years. Um, I'm not going to get into my list of words that have different definitions you know, today than where they were just a short time ago. But the reason I'm bringing that up is because worship is included in that. I think worship is one of those words. And, and, and we can say that that's not my truth, but truth is actually not, it's not subjective. It's just not. No matter how much we want to make, it's not. So worship is one of the words that's really, it's, it's, it's moving. And it's been moving for a while. Okay, and maybe you guys think, like, Rich, I don't know what you're talking about here. Have you ever had somebody, maybe you've got a younger daughter, and she's, she says something like, she sees somebody on television, or maybe she sees like uh, the cool kid at school, and she might say something like, oh my goodness, did you see her clothes? Ah, oh, she's got the best wardrobe. I worship her clothes and her wardrobe. And you know, some of you that maybe are from a yesterday or something, you, you, maybe there's a band that you followed, and you, you, you heard somebody say something like, man, I worship the ground that they work on, walk on. And then if you were in a, a small group like I was, was when my wife and I and our family was attending this, uh, this campus, we spend most of our time at the Ross campus now, then like you were in a small group that like worshiped Brian Slavin's ability to win everything that we did, okay? He got the nickname the Slavinator, and so the, every guy was like in the group, they were kind of saying to me, they would say like, oh my goodness, everything he touches turns to gold, which was always the championship, and we're like, wow, if it could just be Brian. I got you, brother. Um, you know, there's subtle ways too. There's subtle ways that we worship. Um, any Bengal worshipers in here today? <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> they play the saints here in a little bit. All right, but we've got, we've got some Bengal worshipers in here. You know, um, 
there's these other ways that we don't think that we're worshiping. And by the way, I'm just going to let you know, about to get uncomfortable up in here. Um, you know, we, we probably have a few like Fox News fans in here, like go team, like go Fox News, whatever you say is right. And then we got some MSNBCers because they're like the, and CNN, that's like the other team. So these teams have got to like, they got to like argue it out and somebody has to win just like somebody's going to win the Bengals game, the Saints, it's who's going to win? Somebody has to win and we got to pick our team. And my question is, is like, like, what if you spend as much time like in your Bible or in prayer or at a small group? Or, or, or what if you were investing your time with the Lord instead of those things? Maybe, maybe those things have become distractions to, to you. And, and maybe those things aren't being noticed by you as division instead of a God that wants unity. Right. Well, what about, there are well-intentioned Christians in every church and at every city and every state that, 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 that have a to-do list that's got to get done. And, and they have gotten into a practice of worshiping the process of getting that thing done. And that feels better to them than time and prayer. You see, I think we've got a worshiping problem. And right now, like, I, I'm just, if that list made you uncomfortable, good. Because that list was made for me. Right? This is not, I'm not, I'm glad if you're uncomfortable. You should be uncomfortable because I'm uncomfortable. I, I don't, it, doesn't, it doesn't do me any good to get up here and, and tell you that all of this stuff, if it isn't true, if it's not true, and we know it's true. Uncomfortable, yes, but true. We are misdirecting our worship. We've let distractions and other things get in the way. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to come up with a definition that we are going to use, and then we're going to agree upon it because you guys don't have microphones strapped to your face, and you got to have my definition. You're going to use it, okay? So here's the definition for worship that we're going to be using. Worship is a feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity. I'm not going to go into great detail about feelings and expressions, but I am going to tell you that reverence is a deep respect for someone or something. Adoration is a deep love, and deity is for a God. Not necessarily our God, okay? Not, a, not, 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 not necessarily, just a God. So worship is actually a feeling or expression of deep respect and love for a God. And it's important that we have a definition because truth matters, definition matters, and your worship and how you direct it, it matters. Full stop, it matters. If you are, if you are expressing your deep love for a Hollywood star, you can do that. But don't fool yourself you're very likely worshiping. If your love and passion for your favorite NFL team is getting in the way of things that matter most, you can do that. But you're likely worshiping. And, and, it, and if you are rooting for your political team to get the win so that you can rub it in your brother-in-law's face because you've been waiting to tell him that you're right and he's wrong, you can do that. First of all, don't do that. Just don't do that. That only makes you a jerk. But you can, but that's because you're worshiping. You're worshiping. 
That's not comfortable, but it's true. It's just true. So understanding that we are worshiping things has to matter to us. We have to have a definition, okay? Because if we don't, the rest of this gets really, really muddy. We have deep meaning, we have deep love, we have deep respect for a deity. And some of you are like, everything you just said right there, you, you said things that people were passionate about that they had deep love and respect for, but I didn't hear any deity. Where's the deity in that? And I would say, exactly, exactly. Maybe the megastar has become your God. Maybe your misguided passion has taken you away from what matters most. And if you haven't noticed it, maybe it's become an idol. Does recognition from another human being become more important to to you than being known by your heavenly father? Does, Does a political win get you more excited than experiencing Jesus? I think we got a worshiping problem. Now, when we think about that, It's important that we say, how do we fix that? Richie, don't just give me a problem. We can agree on the, what's the solution? And that's what seeking's been all about. We can do intentional practices to help us remedy the situation, to help us grow closer to the one worthy of the praise, worthy of the worship. So we've got some questions that we want to answer today. What does the Bible say about worship? What are the types of worship that we tend to see? And who's really, who's worthy of the worship? Who deserves the worship? And that, honestly, if we can answer these questions, if you can't tell, like I'm a little bit excited about this topic, because if we can answer these questions, if we can identify the places of our worship, the styles of our worship, and see some of them as misguided and misdirected, if we can identify them clearly, if we can reorient ourselves back to the to place where worship truly belongs, if we can tear down the barriers between what we think worship is and what worship was supposed to be, then guess what? We, we have got an exciting future. Uh, frankly, a better perspective on how we can express deep love and deep respect for an almighty father. And that is a good use of our time. Now, if you have your Bibles, now's the time to to, to pull them out. If you don't have a Bible and you want a Bible, you can get a Bible at the hub after service. You can get there. If you're a guest and you're hanging out with us today for the first time, we're so glad that you're here. Get a free gift at the hub too. All right. But I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to warn you, if you do pull your Bibles out, it's good. Words going to be up on the screen. All right, we're going to go fast because like I went way over in the first service and this isn't going to get any better. So just stick with me here. All right. Psalms 95, Psalm 95, we're going to be with verses one through three. Listen to what David says. He says, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us come to him with thanksgiving, singing songs of praise For the Lord is a great God, capital G, God, a great king, capital K, king, above all lowercase g, gods. Really important things that we pick up on there, okay? So so we are singing and joyfully shouting to the rock of our salvation. We have thanksgiving in our hearts, central to worship, central to worship is a grateful heart. And great is the Lord. Great is our God. He is above all, lowercase g, other gods. This is crucial that we understand this part. It's crucial we understand this part. Turn back a few pages in the Bible, you're going to be in Exodus. All right? 
In Exodus chapter 20, you're going to see at the top of the top 10 list, the old 10 commandments, right? There will be no, there shall be no other lowercase g gods before me. Listen, you can like Bruno Mars. He's cool. And he can sing and move. And if you're of an older generation, you can call Elvis king as long as you give him a lowercase k. And you can enjoy the bangles. That's all good. You can even be a great Christian servant and you can enjoy giving that to others. And, and, and you, it, it's okay. It's okay if the person that you voted for, male, female, party, I don't care. You know, it's okay if they get the win. But, but what's not okay is if they take the stage with Jesus. Can't take this. Jesus doesn't need a co-pilot. Jesus is the pilot. Jesus wants the stage to himself. In fact, it is, it's insulting to him if we let those other distractions get in our way. All right, next thing up, next thing up, we're gonna move on. All right, we're gonna move on. Listen to what we are seeing in Psalms 103. Now, this is, this is cool because this is gonna be the basis of what David tells us that is coming in the New Testament. In verse, in verse one, and this is uh, Psalm 103, let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all of my sins. He heals all of my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. With all that I am, David says, true worship comes from within, deep in our heart and in our soul with our whole self. We are never forgetting the goodness that he provides. He is a provider of good things. That is something to be thankful for. He forgives. He redeems. He offers us love and mercies. Are you guys awake yet? That's good stuff. That is good stuff. Hey, but Rich, how, do we, how, how are we supposed to do this good stuff worshiping thing? What, what does that look like? Well, good. I'm glad you asked because now we're going to turn forward. I'm going to let Paul just really quickly tell us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. It's one little passage. And the lead up to this is that Paul is, is telling his readers all right, in the church of Corinth, and he's like, hey, man, there's a lot of stuff between getting between you and actually what God wants for you. Like, stop letting the little things get in front of the most important thing, right? So he says this. He says, this in verse 31 says, so whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever you do, whatever we do, we are free to live and do. We are free to worship with our whole lives. Everything we do. Did you know that? Did you know that you were made to worship? Did you know that you were made to worship? That's what we were made to do. You know why that is? It's because that's what creation does. All of creation. All of, we're just saying this. All of creation was made to worship the creator. What does worship look like? Well, it starts by just open your eyes. Look outside. I had the opportunity this past summer. Um, we went to uh, the west side of Mexico, and it was like the first time I'd seen like real big waves, just naturally reoccurring waves. Right? They were like six, eight, ten footers, and they were just crashing in nonstop. It looked like a row of dynamite just pop, 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 crashing in. And I could just sit there, and I could just watch it like forever. I just, I could just, and it was, it was amazing to me. Like, and it was like, well, that was awesome. And like creation's chorus is right there for me to participate in and to see. 
We're, we're, we're in a time of the year where like we can open our windows, we can drive you know, down the highway and you can see this beautiful scenery as, as the colors on the trees change and we can look at them and we can say, man, that is, that is beautiful. And, the, and yet there's this, there's this, this the reoccurring theme that keeps coming out with it. You know, these, these trees are green and then they turn to these colors and then in a couple months they look like they're dead and barren. And then a couple months later, like new life comes. New life comes, and it happens year after year, decade after decade. Our entire lives, we watch creation sing because creation knows the creator is worthy. Now, you come in here, and, and we sing some songs. That's corporate worship, right? We, we, we sing like we did before. We're going to do it again next week. We'll do it again the week after that. We come together, and we sing. We put ourselves in front of our God, and we release our love. We release our honor, respect to the, to the, to the God who deserves it, and that is wonderful. It doesn't matter how you do it. It doesn't matter if you can't sing. That's why we turn the speakers way up, so if you can't sing, nobody else knows that you can't sing. Okay, you, but Sing, sing it out, shout it out. You know, like, can I just tell you that there are people in here this morning that, that, that have wanted to worship their God in songs of praise, and they've wanted to put their hands out, they've wanted to put their hands up, they've wanted to wiggle and move and stuff like that, but they've always wondered, like, I don't want to do that because, like, the people around me might think I'm funny. You know what? That's on them. Don't worry about them. you you, you got to let your heart worship the way that, 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 that David talks about in Psalm 1. With all that you are, with your whole heart, just let it go. I'm just going to tell you right now, I sit down here sometimes, and well, when I'm here, but if I'm in Ross, I'm somewhere else, I will like, I will like pat my chest and I will just feel God's presence and in a, in a sense of gratefulness. I'll just be saying like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll be thinking about the things that God's blessed me with. And, and you know what? Sometimes I'll put my hands out. I, I, you know, I'll one hand it. I'll lefty it. I, you know, sometimes I'll go righty. Sometimes I'll pat my chest with my right and I'll have my left up. I'll double arm it if I have to. I don't even care. I'll go out wide. I, I don't know. Sometimes, I'm just telling you, like, I will, I will get out here and I will do this because with all that I am and with all of my heart, that's what I'm feeling. I, can't, I don't have time to, th- I don't care if you think I'm funny looking. I don't care. I don't have time to care. I just want him to know that I want to worship him. So sing that song. Sing it loud. If getting on your knees is the posture that will make you express your gratefulness and your worship, then get on your knees. If bowing your head in silence is what you've got to do, then bow your head and do it silently. If you need to shout it out, let everybody know the reason that you are shouting. It's all beautiful to him. It's all beautiful to him. Do you hear me? It's all to him, and it's beautiful because God is worthy. Who is this God? Who is this God? He is the God that we see in the Bible, but what makes him so worthy? His names defined him. Notice I said names. Who is he? Some call him creator. Some call him uh, almighty father, Abba, dad. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob Moses was said, tell him I am. El Shaddai. Some just simply call him Lord. Others say Yahweh. Emmanuel, Christ, Messiah. King of kings, Lord of lords, my hope, my counselor, my savior. And listen to me, today or someday in the future, every single knee will bow at the name of Jesus. 
and his names are more than just a name. His names tell you who he is and what he does. You can call him whatever name I just said. There's a plenty more in the Bible that you can find for my Jesus. But guess what? The words that describe him are describing what he does. Reflect with me for a moment. Reflect with me and think about worshiping in this sense. Right? What did David tell us that this God does? What does he do? He's a never-ending provider of good. Everybody in here's got some good stuff going on in their life. Now, some of you are looking, well, I, the person next to me over in that pew looks like they got a little bit more good than I got. So what? You got good things going on in your life. We live in a time of abundance. We live in a time where there is so much goodness out there. There are so much good things that are available, good people, good times. We've got goodness. Every, we are spoiled with goodness. We've had so much goodness for so long that we wouldn't know it if it hit us right between the running lights. That's how much goodness we got going on, and he's the provider of all of that goodness. Find something to be grateful for. Find something in your heart that you know is worthy of saying thank you. Did you he is, he's a healer. Two weeks ago, two weeks ago in my men's uh, Friday morning group, a friend of mine gave it his, his family's testimony of the healing power of Jesus Christ over cancer here on this earth. And it was awesome. I mean, like the, you could just feel like the spirit moving as he was sharing the story. And, and it was just incredible. But how many of us take time? How many of us take time to think about the reality of a life with Jesus? The reality of a life with Jesus is that if the healing doesn't happen here, it happens there. If the healing doesn't happen here on earth, if the cancer, if the aches, if the pains, if it doesn't get fixed here, we serve a God who is a healer. And he's going to do the healing with him. You're going to, it's just, your healing comes in paradise. Your healing comes in paradise. We don't stop to think about the healer in that sense. It's, we do a disservice to the healing that he's doing because we think that like if healing doesn't happen now, that somehow like healing in paradise is a, is a bad alternative. No, it's not. He is a healer. He is a, a forgiver. He is a forgiver. He provides forgiveness. His grace is free. You don't have a wallet big enough to buy what he's given you. You can't earn it in any way, shape, or form because his grace is sufficient for you. His grace is sufficient for me. His grace is a gift and it's a path to heaven. And all you got to do is say, yes. Let me tell you something at the hub, they got a free gift for you. I got a better one right here. You can have a life with Jesus. You can have a life with Jesus because you can say yes to him right now. You can say, you know what? I don't know what I don't know what the next step looks like in a, in a, in a walk with you, Jesus, but I, 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 the, the world is offering me a bunch of junk and, I, and you are giving me life and I want that. He, he, he is a provider of tender mercies. He is a provider of tender mercies. Mercy sometimes gets confused with grace because grace is the free path to heaven and mercy is the barrier that God puts between you and the hell that you earned. You see, I can't ever get myself to heaven. Only by the grace of God, only by the acts of Jesus Christ am I going to get to heaven. But Jesus does one better than that. He actually reinforces me and gives me support. He creates a barrier between me and what my sin has done. 
Man, is that good? That is a pro- he's a provider of good things. Did I mention that? I don't know if I mentioned that. The, the other thing he did, he's a, he's a redeemer. He redeems me. He restores me. He sees me not for the sinner that I am. He sees me for the disciple that he sees me becoming. He sees me in the best version of myself. Do you know he sees you like that too? He sees you in the best version of yourself because he's excited for the day that you walk into the identity that he's had for you your whole life. He's a lover. He loves you so much. You know how good it is to be loved by this God. I'm going to tell you right now, there ain't nothing better. Man, it's so good to be loved by my heavenly father. He is the rock of my salvation. He is my hope. He's my only hope. I don't have any hope outside of him. I have to have him. And there's nothing I can do to exchange this deal that he's making for me. He is the rock of my salvation. And guys, let me tell you something. That's why he is capital G God in my life. He has to be because there is none like him. There is nothing else better. That's why I call him savior. That's why I call him God. And that's why he's worthy of my worship. You see, that, that's a God that I need in my life. I can't be alone. I can't be alone. Creation worships. We worship here together. What about you and me? What about when we leave here? What about this afternoon? Are you, got, are you, allowed to wor- are you guys allowed to worship when you leave here? Can you worship on Tuesday morning? Can you worship on Thursday? You know, I think you can. In fact, I know you can. The Bible says that you're, you should be, Right? Now listen to what, listen to what we're going to look at. We're going to, we're going to jump over to the New Testament. We're going to be in John chapter 4. He had, Jesus has just had this interaction with a Samaritan woman at the well. Okay? Um, he has wowed her with what he knows about her life. How many husbands she's had. And she, she says, she, the Bible says she's astonished. She's astonished. Listen to what Jesus says. Jesus said this. He says, listen, believe me, dear woman. The time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But a time is coming, indeed, is here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. I'm going to repeat that. True worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Now listen to this. This next sentence is really important. The Father is looking for those who will worship in that way. Did you know that your Father is looking for you to worship in spirit and truth? We're going to get into that in a second. All right, but I'm just telling you, your Father is looking for it. Your Father in heaven is looking for that. For God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Did you guys hear that? You must worship in spirit and in truth. Then the woman says, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who's called the Christ, and when he comes, he's going to explain everything to us. And I kind of think to myself, like, did, did Jesus giggle? Like, did he laugh a little bit? Did he kind of go... Here we go again. <laughs> you know, like what did he do in that moment? Did he lean in and whisper in her ear? Did he back up and like let her see it and see himself in his full majesty? Like what did he do in that moment? Like when he says, I'm him. Like I'm, I, I am the Messiah. The, the time is here. The time is now. He is here. Like the questions you think he's going to answer, I just answered them. Follow-up question? The time 
for worshiping is now. Not next Sunday, now. It was now back then, and it is now today. It's now. What does it mean to worship in spirit and truth? David knew it. David knew it. He said, let all that I am, let my whole heart worship. He wanted all of himself into that worship. Worshiping in spirit is just going beyond the action, the physical part of it. It is giving every bit of yourself in worship. Worshiping in the spirit that God is looking for in us. He's looking for that, and that's what true worshipers are going to do. They're going to put all of themselves out there. Just putting it out there. And in truth, we worship in truth. What truth? The truth that he is God. He's above all things. And I'm just this mere sinning mortal that like has my priorities all jacked up. Like he is worthy of worship in the truth of his love, his sacrifice. He's the only one worthy of it. And the Father's looking for us to worship in that way. Go back to that definition that we had there. Worship is a feeling or expression of deep respect and love for a God. Remember what I said. Worship starts with genuine gratitude in your heart. Knowing that you are thankful is going to allow you to give worship Somebody in here, somebody in here has a, in their life, they need some healing. In, in, in a family member's life or a friend's life, they need some healing and they need some assurances. Somebody in here is feeling a sense of gratitude to the fact that Jesus jumped on the cross to give you the grace that, that you need, even if you don't, didn't know you needed it. Somebody in here is so thankful because the mercy is protecting protecting you from what you deserve, what you earned. Somebody in here is appreciative of his redemptive ways, his redemptive spirit, his restoration that that he's done in your life. Somebody is in here waiting to just shout out how good he is because he has showered you with goodness. He has put good things in your life And you're ready to worship because that is what is worthy of worship. And it will come from deep inside your gut. It'll come from deep inside your soul with all that you are. Let me worship you. So I'm just telling, I want to tell you this. Will you sing to him today with worship in your heart? Will you go to the office tomorrow and let your work be worship? Did you know that you could offer your work as worship? I don't care if you're flipping patties or you're a CEO, your work can be dedicated unto the Lord and you can offer it as worship. Would you close your eyes? Would you feel his presence? Would you let his love just... Just melt over all of the things in your life that you need cleansing from. And guess what? When you feel that sense of gratitude, start saying thank you and offer it as worship. Teachers, would you just teach like you've never taught before and offer it as worship? Would the coaches in here, would you coach that young man? Would you coach that daughter? Put that child first and say, you know what? I'm just going to shower you with the goodness that I was given over here, and I want to give it to you and offer it as worship to him because he says that's good worship. You, know, you don't have to worship like the person next to you. You just worship the king. If you are happy 
If you are happy, if there's something good going on in your life, would you stop for a minute and just say, you know what, thank you so much, good Father. I, I'm so, and worship him. And if you are sad, let me tell you something. There's, there's somebody that walked in here today that's got a lot of junk going on in their life, okay? We are, we're not all just here for you know, all the good stuff, all right? There's somebody here today that, that, that has a lot of stuff going on in their life, and there's a lot of things to be sad for. Now listen, I'm asking you to get over the circumstances of the day. I'm asking you to get over what's happening in your life right now because guess what? Healing is coming. And when you realize that that healing is coming, your, your, your morning today turns to hope for tomorrow. And when you have something to hope for, you got something to be grateful for. And in that moment, you start worshiping. You start giving it to the God worthy of it. If you're a giver, give like you've never given before. Be generous unto the Lord. Be generous and offer it as worship. You see, worship is anything that we do when we are trying to express the feeling of deep love and deep respect for a God worthy of it. And that, that's good news. So dig deep. Dig deep. There's a lot of competition for your worship, people. There's a lot of competition for your, perp for your worship. The politicians are going to fail you. I'm telling you right now, they're going to fail you. Hollywood is not there to support you. They're there to entertain you, not support you. The bangles are going to fail you. Okay? They're going to fail you. Don't be fooled into worshiping them. They are cheap alternatives. They are nothing more than distractions. They're keeping you away from where your worship needs to be. Over there, with them, with lowercase g gods, with idols, all you're going to have is more questions and less satisfaction. That's what you're going to find. More hurt and less time with the one that truly satisfies. There's one worthy of praise. That's it. There is one worthy of praise. He's a provider of good things. He is the one who offers grace and mercy. He is your redeemer. He took the cross for everyone here today. Whether you call him Lord yet or not, he took the cross for you. So Jesus is worthy of my worship. God is worthy of my worship worship. David knew how to worship in spirit and truth. I want us to close out here this morning and I want to read to you Psalm 96. And as I read Psalm 96 to you, I want you to take David's words in and I want you to personalize them to your own circumstances. And I want you to posture yourself with love thankfulness, as much gratitude as you can muster up because when you get there, you're not far from worship. Listen to what David says in Psalm 96. Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. 
Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Each day proclaim the good news that he saves. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things he does. Great is the Lord. He is worthy of praise. He's worthy of your praise, folks. He's worthy of your praise. He's the one worthy of your praise. He is to be feared above all gods. The gods of other nations, they're idols. Don't think that there aren't idols today. The idols are the distractions that want to prevent you from getting to the God who's worthy of your praise. I digress. But the Lord made the heavens honor and majesty. They surround him. Strength and beauty fill his sanctuary. Oh, the nations of the world, recognize the Lord. Recognize that the Lord is glorious and strong. Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Are you feeling that? Bring your offerings into his courts. Worship the Lord in all of his splendor. Let, let the earth tremble before him. Tell the nation, the Lord reigns. My God reigns. The world stands firm and cannot be shaken. He will judge all peoples fairly. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. Creation shouting his praise today, will you? Let the fields and their crops burst out with joy. Let the trees of the forest sing for joy. Are you going to sing for joy? Do you want your life to sing for joy? Do you want to give that as worship to a king worthy of it? Before the Lord, he is coming. That time is now. You don't have time to give your worship somewhere else. Today's the day. You've got to give you got to give your worship where it deserves and needs to be today because he's coming. He is judging the earth. He will judge the world with justice and the nations with his truth. You see, David knew. He put these words. I'm so thankful that the Bible exists because David put his emotions. He put his full self. He put his whole heart, all that he was, he put it into words so that you and I could relate to those words and we could say, I don't know what he was going through, but I know what I'm going through. And I need to worship a God that can do the healing, that can do the redeeming, that can do the grace thing that I can't do. I need your love, kindness, and mercy. Jesus, would you please do that for me? And if that's the day, today's the day for you. Man, now. Jesus said, indeed, that time is now. I'm going to ask every one of you to do one thing for me. But don't do it for me. Do it for yourself. Do it because God wants this for you. He wants what I'm about to say for you. Will you find a way to worship him this week? Don't, don't, do not make the mistake of waiting to get your worship on this time next week. Would you start worshiping this afternoon? Will you worship on Monday? Will you worship on Wednesday? Will you worship in the evening and in the morning? Will you worship when you're teaching? Will you worship? I don't care what you're doing. If you've got gratitude in your heart and you know where that goodness came from, worship. Don't wait. Your challenge this week is just to start worshiping because I'm going to tell you what is so contagious. This world needs what you got. This world is waiting for you because when you worship, you start blessing the whole world. Everybody starts getting a little bit of Jesus in them. Next thing you know, like everybody's got some answers where they, where they used to have a bunch of questions. Get on the mission and worship the one worthy of your worship. Can you do that with me this week? Will you do that with me this week? 
Accept that challenge. Make that commitment and do it. Pray with me. Father in heaven, you are good and I'm not. And I need you to make me better. So Lord, I'm asking you for forgiveness. I, 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 I need you to redeem me and I need you to just help me, Lord, because I, I need to repent. There have been things I've put in my life that I have allowed to get in front of you, Lord, and, and I'm sorry for that. But, but I love you, Lord. I love you and I want my life to, to show that to other people because I know that that's what you're in the business of. You're in the business of bringing people to you where the goodness is and you want to fill us with that goodness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you showed us what that looks like. So it's in your name we pray. Amen.